This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Okay, now joining me here on Next on the T is Nick Puzzle. Nick is the chairman and CEO of MBTV, the Spirits Network, and Golf Nation. Prior to NBTV, Nick was the VP of Operations for Big Fuel. Nick also ran operations at NBC Universal Digital Studios, where he helped launch Hulu. Golf Nation is bringing golf lifestyle and premium video together on a shoppable streaming content platform. It's going to offer consumers premium original programming along with virtual and physical products that we can purchase right there for home delivery without interrupting the show we're watching, which is a very exciting platform. And it's great to have Nick with me here today on Next on the T. Hey, Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Nick, I want to start by going back to the early part of your career, if you will. You've had a tremendous one in TV and video streaming. Take me back to your days in high school and you're running the theater production company there at Winneconnect High School. Talk about how you got on that path. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it seems like it's been 25 plus years, and I, and it, unfortunately, it has. I'm getting old, but I, I don't feel old. I feel uh, 40 years young. And I, you know, as a young man in, in high school, I always loved the live theater. I started interning and volunteering in Prescott Park, Portsmouth, uh, the arts festival there, and. Uh, I got really involved with that group of uh, of community actors, and then I I took that same kind of energy that that, that the outdoor theater had. Live theater is great. You always know if your audience is having a good time or are not. You can see their reaction in real time. It's pretty awesome. So I uh, decided to go and bring that same idea to the high school because uh, theater wasn't that popular where I was, and I think it was important to make it popular. So I actually created. Uh, one act comedies that opened up with a musical act, uh, made them a little bit shorter and easier to digest and invited the community together to, uh, to do comedies, um, and make a real fun night at theater and raise money for the school. And, uh, it went really well and I ended up on the news. Uh, you know, I had an office in a parking spot, uh, in high school. And so that was kind of a fun, uh, a fun way to go through high school. And I actually was able to, uh, graduate high school early, uh, as a result of all the effort and, and everything I had put into doing that. So, uh, lucky. For me, uh, you know, that I, I realized I wanted to do early. I mean, a lot of people don't know uh, what they want to do until later in life, and I knew I wanted to be in entertainment. Um, and quite candidly, I realized that I had to uh, I had to leave uh, theater in order to make money, uh, and that's what caught my eye. Television was really the best uh, next thing, so to speak. So from there, because I read that you started your first company at age 15. Talk about That's what, right. I was, what drove you to that and, and uh, what your first organization was. Well, that was my production company in high school called Next Level Production. Um, I created it for students, by students. The idea was student-run theater and, and make it fun and interesting. And, you know, at 15 years old, I didn't know much about uh, raising money or running a business. I just kind of went to the library, read a bunch of books, um, and did some research on the Internet, which was really new at that time. Um, and went out and figured out how to how to build a production company and raised uh, raised money for my school and uh, raised money for students and did some really good work and people really enjoyed it. It ended up becoming a scholarship for a little while um, after I had left. And you were also a fireman 
at one point, and that's a, a line of service that runs in your family. Talk about that. Well, you know, my dad was a fireman. My grandfather, uh, my dad's dad was a fireman for 40 years. Uh, cousins, uncles, uh, all kinds of friends and family have been firemen, and we've been part of the fire service and been around the fire service uh, since my, you know, date of birth. I mean, I remember visiting uh, my grandfather at the fire station, you know, as a as a really little kid. And so I always loved firemen. I always loved the fire station. I always loved hanging out. I always loved, you know, coming to service for people um, that needed you. And so when I was, you know, in high school, I had to uh, finish some uh, community service credits in order to graduate. So I thought to myself, what could I do? And I actually became an intern uh, at the fire station. And I went to the Hampton Beach Fire Station, and I knocked on the door, and I asked them if they wanted an intern. They didn't even know that they could have an intern uh, at the time. So they had said, sure, come on in, kid. You can handle all the heavy stuff, carry all the heavy stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, I actually started there and started working on the fire trucks and ambulances. And then I really took a liking to it, and they had a um, – I wasn't quite volunteer, but it was called the Paul Fire Department at the time in Hampton Beach. And this was a paid, you know, part-time fireman that would help out during really big fires and stuff in the area. And so um, I joined uh, that as a, at, eight, at age 18. You had to be 18 to join. So uh, I started at the, as an intern when I was 17, and then I joined the fire department when I was 18. Um, and I did that for about a year, almost two years, and, uh, and before I went to college. Nick, speaking of interning... You had an intern position on the Late Night with David Letterman show, and I read that out of over a 1,000 applicants, you were one of 10 selected. Talk about what you did in order to stand out to be one of those 10, and then some of the people you had an opportunity to work with there. Yeah, it was, a, it was an incredible experience. You know, being in New York City, I went to Pace University, and I immediately started applying for internships when I was a young man in college. And, you know, from freshman year on, every semester, I, I made sure I got an internship because I knew that was the best way to break into the business. You know, I didn't come from the entertainment business, so I didn't know a lot of people. And usually it was who you know get at least started. And um, I really had to work bottom up to get into the business. And so I, I started uh, at MTV. And uh, I, I actually, the very first place I started, uh, I'll tell the listeners because I feel like I can trust them, uh, was Inside Edition. That was my very first internship. And then I went to MTV, and then uh, when I was working for one of the producers, they said to me, you know, the hardest internship to get city of New York, and keep in mind, unlike Hollywood, uh, New York City doesn't have as much TV uh, production going on or ways to get in. So if you wanted to be in New York and be in TV, you had to start on to the talk show side of things or, you know, work for Law & Order or something that they shot in New York. So I, I immediately... You know, he said, it's the toughest internship to get is at David Letterman. I said, okay, I want to try to get in. So I, I polished up the resume. Um, I tried to ask around and, and luckily it was, this was a hundred percent luck. I didn't know anybody there. Uh, no one I knew knew anybody there. This was just hoping I would get a call from, you know, my experience on the resume. And so it actually worked. I got a call. Uh, I took the internship. It was a very interesting time. You had to work there full time. We talk about, um, you know, it was not a, it wasn't an internship. It really felt and was and like a job. You you couldn't go to school. You had to take the semester off of school. You had to work there full time. They only selected ten interns, and I was able to work uh, for the writers and for Dave's office and for uh, Rob Burnett, the uh, the executive producer there at the time. And um, it was a great experience. I got to meet celebrities every day. 
Uh, I got to be part of the show. I got to be on the show. I, you know, I got to, you know, get residual check for, for SAG and after for appearing on the show one time, you know, two times, three times, four times, um, and see how that worked. And I, I immediately fell in love with the industry. And I, I had a mission and a quest to become a TV and a, and a production and a creative executive. And that really was the, the kind of the thrust into the world um, of being an assistant and, and working for a daily production and producing something every day is really, you know, is really interesting. Uh, it's really hard, too, you know. So when you see how much work goes in, some of the stuff that you see on TV, it goes by in a flash. You realize, you know, all the technology. Um, yeah, it's exciting. So let's move forward to 2008, and you and your father created NBTV there in New York. Talk about what NBTV is and where the concept for it came from. Well, you know, it was obvious through the days um, of working in television. You know, after The Late Show, obviously, um, I took a jump to NBC Universal, and I worked as – I actually started as a page, and I, and I got involved in the digital studios group there. Um, as one of their heads of production and really saw the, the, the digital world of TV and film uh, where we're converging into digital media and that streaming media, which at the time wasn't even called that, um, was really the future, like digital TV, you know, Internet TV. This was like where it was all going. And so uh, my father, who is a brilliant man and we get along great and he and I um, have worked together for a long time now, you know, this was he was not in our industry at all. I mean, he had started, um, you know, his life and done a lot of cool things, and, but he was now in the technology space and he was working and implementing the early stages of the internet and, and doing a lot of, you know, video over IP streaming and telecom and missile defense and, you know, insurance. I mean, he really had a very consumer packaged goods you know, he had a very broad uh, industry in technology. And so I said, I would love to create you know, the next generation of this and create something that can really be, you know, the future of, of streaming entertainment. And I think it's, you know, TV online, and I think it's shorter form, and I think it, it, it changes the rules, a digital first company. And, um, you know, essentially what, what, what he did was said, let's, let's do it. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to jump into business with my son. Um, and I think I can help make this happen. So, um, you know, I was actually out of NBC at that time. Um, and I, you know, was part of the, the startup team at Hulu at the time. And I was, you know, producing the Andy Cohen, you know, uh, uh, watch what happens live show. And then I went on to, you know, big fuel and I was working there realizing, you know, it's time to, to, to start my own company again. And I, you know, almost going back to when I was 15, I'm like, I should just do this for myself. And so my dad and I jumped into business. We started NBTV in 2008, uh, literally the day Lehman Brothers crashed. Uh, which was a very unique time to start a business, to say the least. Um, and we really became a digital media production uh, content-making company that produced the TV and film and, and digital. And, you know, that's been going on for over 15 years now. Um, and that's really been the, the production uh, company, right? And that's kind of where, um, you know, we started and, and we continue to make content um, you know, today with that production company, and, and we work with a lot of Fortune 500 brands and television networks and, and you know, have a lot of celebrity clients. But, you know, that business became obvious to me about 15 years ago that it was a challenging business and a business that could be very cyclical. Like, you know, COVID 
was not very generous to the live production space, right? Like many other businesses, um, we were really affected. And so, you know, as we recover that business and as we try to, you know, grow that business further, you know, five, six years ago, it was obvious that we needed to, we need to start another business that could, that could really be the, the, you know, the distribution side of the house and really be able to create something that was distribution and digital media forward and a way that could convert views to sales, right? The idea that you could actually buy what you see uh, on TV. And and that was where my dad came in uh, with his technical background and built um, this incredible software that allows us to do that today. Let's move forward a couple of years, Nick, because you guys did a documentary titled We the People, the Market Basket Effect. It's about a local New Hampshire grocery chain called Market Basket. It even involved the local golf club, Indian Ridge Country Club. Do you mind sharing that story? Well, that was a, during the, the early uh, 24 time frame. For those of, uh, of the listeners that are in the New England area, um, you would remember the story of Market Basket. And, and since I grew up in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, I, you know, became quickly familiar with the Market Basket saga and what was happening. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, John Kinneas, who's a, a great owner and a great restaurant proprietor of, of many restaurants in New, in New England, um, especially in Hampton, said to me, you got to turn on the news and check this out. Um, and you got to come down here, come up here rather and, and say, you know, you got to, you got to make a movie. Out. And he was really the one that gave me the idea. And I went up there and I started to see what was going on. And I was like, I can't believe, you know, this is happening. And obviously the market basket, uh, story was, was becoming national news about essentially, you know, two cousins fighting over who owned and controlled the company. So we quickly assembled a documentary team. I think I put the entire doc production team together in like two weeks. And we started shooting immediately. We just started shooting the, the protest, the court trauma, and all the back and forth. And then they, you know, they, the employees went on strike. 25,000 essentially non-union employees went on strike to get their, their CEO reinstated. And we shot all of that. And then we were able to capture it in really real time. It was the only time I think I'd ever made a, a film that I wasn't sure what the ending was, right? I really didn't know how that would end. And thankfully the employees were able to overcome um, the, the CEO, the beloved Arthur T. DeMolis, was put back into power um, as CEO, and um, the company has been thriving ever since. But it's an incredible story, and we were able to get some really great talent, um, including uh, Ted Leonsis, who, who joined us as a producer, uh, who's, a, who's a team owner, but also worked um, at Market Basket when he was a very young man. Uh, we got Michael Chiklis, who's, whose grandfather used to work at the store. Uh, to be the narrator. So it's got a great team, great creative team, great cast, great director. And uh, it's actually available on spiritsnetwork.com uh, for free uh, if you want to check it out. But it's a story of really American, um, you know, corporate greed versus American pride and, and, and a love for a community store. And today's age where there's so much negativity in the world, um, it really gave you a lot of hope for, you know, what people can do when they really believe in, you know, a common goal. Nick, you mentioned the Spirits Network, and I want to kind of talk about Golf Nation now. And and I read that at least part of the reason why you guys started Golf Nation is that you learned that 80% of the people that were consuming the Spirits Network were also interested in golf. 
Talk about gathering that data and, and why you decided to create a whole new entity for golfers versus just really having advertising for golf-related products right there on the Spirits Network. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it, it would it's important to kind of use the market basket example um, as a good one because we, the people, the market basket affects the film, as I mentioned, is on Spirits Network. And what Spirits Network really represents is essentially, you know, food network, but for beverage alcohol and for the, you know, liquor and kind of spirits space, right? And the idea is that you have um, a place where experts and community leaders and thought leaders and celebrities come together and share their stories about spirits. You know, we have uh, entertainment programming like feature films that is not necessarily on the nose uh, spirits, but we, we mix that with a show called Mix and Flick. Uh, where we do a cocktail and a movie. Um, we also do series around specific spirits like deep dives. We have a great new series called Science of Spirits that's on where we really unpack the story of spirits making. Um, and everything is shoppable, right? So everything that you watch, um, you can actually buy right from your screen. So it is in the lower left-hand corner. You can click on and purchase the spirit that you're seeing. You know, we have bourbon expert Fred Minnick. We have uh, world-renowned expert uh, Rob Floyd. We actually launched Party B's with us on the platform, which is a vodka-infused uh, whipped cream. But we have um, a lot of interesting stories and a, and a very uh, eclectic mix of talent. But everything you see in these videos, whether it's a cocktail or a bourbon or a whiskey, you can buy. And you can buy it on your phone, and you can buy it on your TV. So if you go to Apple TV, just like Netflix or Hulu, we're an app, right? You search us you download us, uh, you sign up for free. So the nice part is it's free. You go to spiritsnetwork.com. And then once you're in, you can download our app in any of the app stores and watch it and buy as you're watching. And so with all that watching and buying, it's been um, doing really well for the last three years. Um, we decided to look at the data and say, okay, what else does this audience do, right? And these are, you know, millions of spirits enthusiasts and collectors and even just people that are curious on, you know, what's the hot new bourbon to collect or try, or what's a new cocktail to make? They had other interests, and we asked them what those interests were. You know, as part of the sign-up process, we often invite people to tell us what they like. So just like when you sign up for Spotify or Apple Music, um, they ask you what kind of music you like. We ask you what spirits you like. We ask you what you like to do, what your hobbies are. And the more that you tell us, the more personalized the experience becomes. And so a lot of our audience said that they liked golf. That was one of their top hobbies. And so that led us down to review and look at the golf space and the golf category in a way that can create real where you look at golf and you look at the lifestyle of golf and there's not a lot out there. In fact, we couldn't find any destination that really celebrated the golf lifestyle, especially the modern golf lifestyle. And knowing that, you know, golf was so important during COVID for so many people as and some, so many people I know took up the game and it had a great year that it was time to really celebrate golf and, and everything golf represents. So Golf Nation was born uh, out of that. And uh, we're lucky to have a great team behind that channel. And using the same method of, that we use in our other channel, where everything is shoppable. You know, you see that viewfinder, you want to buy it, you can buy it. You see that great set of club that you're interested in, you can buy it. You want to get instructional video and help improve your swing, you can buy instructional video. So everything is shoppable. Again, free, golfnation.com. 
and you can download us as an app next year. Early next year, we'll be on all of the streaming platforms. But we have our own content, all high-quality, original content, and we're creating, you know, really awesome shows, uh, which I can tell you more about. But uh, we have, you know, something for everybody. And, Nick, speaking of your awesome show, Susie Whaley is a wonderful friend. She's been a guest several times on this show over the last few years. Talk about what it means to have an all-time great instructor and a former president of the PGA of America, also as a president of Golf Nation and hosting a show on. Well, she is wonderful. We're very lucky to have her. And she's been great because she understands where the game is going. She's always been in golf. She's always been around the top professionals in golf. She is a top professional in golf herself, and she's also been on the business side. And so having her on board as our president um, really is a is a game changer in a lot of ways. And so not only are we excited about about her, you know, helping build and grow the company and the audience, but she also is on camera. And we have this great, uh, fun kind of reinvention of the of the newlywed game called Do I Know You, uh, where Susie interviews uh, PGA professionals and their wives. And uh, essentially, she interviewed Zach and Kim Johnson uh, to see if they really do know each other. And, you know, everything from what's your first date to do you remember, you know, all the way through. And so, you know, we have that. We have other really great shows, including Golf on Scene, which is adventures to exotic golf courses with cultural experiences. We've got uh, Ambush with David Faraday, which is hidden camera hijinks. Um, we also have. Tee Shots, which is Drink, Chat, Chew, Repeat, hosted by our famous mixologist Bill Bender. And that's an example of something that, again, works both for Spirits Network and for Golf Nation. Um, and then we also have Versus, which is really exciting. Golf influencers are competing head-to-head. Um, and then we would be remiss if we didn't show you what to buy. So we actually have a really fun show called Watch by Play that's really all about the hottest gear. And we're giving you product reviews from pros and from people that use the gear. And you can buy all the gear right on uh, the video experience, right on golfnation.com. Nick, one of the best pieces of advice that I received when I came out of college and was starting my career uh, with GE was from the president of our division at the time. And what he said to me is to never have cipher fright, which he meant to be, don't ever be intimidated by someone who has more zeros in their paycheck than you do. I was curious, you know, as you were, coming out of high school, into college, doing, setting up all of these business, getting all of these things started. What was one of the best pieces of advice that uh, a mentor or someone shared with you? You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of good advice I've got along the way. Um, you know, I would be, you know, nothing without the support network of people who believe in me, investors, mentors, colleagues. Um, so I think it depends on, you know, what your situation is. Uh, but in terms of growing your career and doing what you love, you know, the first piece of advice was do what you love. If you don't like what you do, um, find what you do like to do and do what you love and work hard to get there. But the best advice around career I got was don't take a no when someone does not give you a yes. And I think that's the most important lesson in life because perseverance and tenacity and, and passion and commitment and really just good old-fashioned hard work is what has gotten us to this point. And that's what's going to continue to propel uh, the business. And I think, you know, we live in a time in and in a society where there's so many distractions, so many 
uh, noisy things happening around us that may not be really the, the best for our long-term success as individuals, that we really stay focused on those principles of just focus and hard work and passion and liking what you do and being a good person. Um, that's really what drives me in. And Nick, I hear you've got a new network that is set to launch pretty soon, Higher Life. Talk about what that channel is all about. Well, it's something that's in the development phase. So I would say that it's not an immediate launch like next year, but it's coming. And it's a network that we've been working on for a while. Um, it's really a health and wellness network that involves creating experiences around health and wellness, everything from what to eat to yoga to all of the things that you could imagine around health and wellness, including some alternatives, including CBD and cannabis. And we think that there is a great amount of education and information and kind of overall structure and framework that that industry can use as it matures, um, especially around pain management and, you know, depression and, you know, helping people with PTSD. And there's a lot of medical benefits to these products. And there's also a lot of just personal recreational benefits products. So we see that there's a, you know, connectivity through, you know, the storytelling that needs to happen in this space and really giving consumers a, a, a real kind of authentic, neutral place to learn about health and wellness. Nick, before I let you go, how can we watch Golf Nation, NBTV, and all the great content that you and your production company are putting out? Well, thank you so much. There's two uh, real destinations. Uh, for consumers to check stuff out, uh, you go to spiritsnetwork.com, you sign up, it's free. Once you're signed up, you can access us in any of the app stores, Apple iOS, Android, Apple TV. Uh, Apple TV is my favorite way to watch big screen. It's beautiful content. Uh, we have over 300 hours of original programming. Um, and then on Golf Nation, you go to golfnation.com. Uh, right now we have a sneak peek up because we're launching our app stores uh, early next year. Uh, but we have uh, over seven original series on um, the platform, and you can watch them. You know, everything from Do I Know You to Golf Unseen to No Judgment, Tee Shots, Versus, Watch by Play. But you go to GolfNation.com, sign up as well to stay informed and, and to be able to download the apps when they're available. Uh, but those are the two great places to go. They're both free. They're both shoppable. We call it video commerce, and our goal is to really invent the future of his streaming media in a way that's very consumer friendly because we're not running, you know, traditional interruptive advertising. Uh, we're giving people a utility and a place to, to buy what they think. Along those same lines, how can we stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you and, uh, and all of the folks there, uh, on, on, you told us how to do it online. How can we do it on social media as well? Well, you know, I, I honest, I, I think my, my handles on across the board are Nick Buzzle. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and, uh, and I'm on Facebook. I think it's on, on Instagram. I'm Nick Buzzle one because there was another Nick Buzzle. Um, so I couldn't be just Nick Buzzle without a one. So I, other than that, please send me a note. Um, look forward to connecting. I'd love everyone to check it out. Um, and stay informed as we launch more channels, we launch more content. There's a lot coming. Well, Nick, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and be a part of the show. Thank you for doing so. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and everybody there. We hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on and wishing everybody a happy and safe holiday. Drink responsibly. <laughs> there you go. Take care, Nick. All the best to you and your family. That was Golf Nation founder and CEO Nick Buzzle.
Follow him on Instagram at NickBuzzle1 and Golf Nation at WatchGolfNation and online at GolfNation.com. Nick's career has been an amazing one so far, which we got a taste of during our conversation. I'm sure there are many more great things to come. I look forward to catching up again with Nick in 2023. A very special thank you goes out to Rich Katz for setting up this interview. Rich, thank you so very much for your wonderful support this year. You're fantastic, my friend. Hopefully we get the opportunity to catch up with each other at the PGA Merchandise Show. Folks, continue to check out our website, nextonthetee.net, to stream episodes or individual guest segments from this season. I'll also let you know when we have another special segment ready for you. I'm very excited about what 2023 has in store for all of us. And thank you so much for all of your wonderful support in 2022. The show is exactly what you make it and what my great guests come on the show and what they share. We've achieved the great things that we have thanks to all of you. I am so very appreciative, again, for all of your wonderful support this year. Happy New Year to you and your families. Until next time, hit them straight, my friends. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.